Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And he's Kyle Tucker, beat writer for The Athletic. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it every day right here on Locked On Kentucky. On this edition of the episode, we talk to Seth Greenberg, who has been hanging out with the Kentucky basketball team on a couple of occasions. He was at UK's Pro Day this weekend, and he was in the Bahamas. So we'll get a great behind-the-scenes look at UK basketball and what to expect this season. At the end, we also dive into the basketball scandal that is unfolding in the circuit court up in New York. And his thoughts are pretty interesting. Now joined on the podcast by Seth Greenberg of ESPN. Uh, Seth, you were on hand for the Kentucky Combine Pro Day in Rupp Arena. Is, I have always had this question. Is it eerie in there when it's so empty, but they're, they're playing? Not really. I think what, it was really interesting for the players because for the new guys, they'd never been in Rupp playing. And, uh, you know, they've just been in a practice facility. And my new guys, including Reed Travis. I mean, so, like, just walking in there, uh, you know, with the practice gear on with 30 teams represented, 90 people, uh, that's what makes it eerie. You know, you're sitting there on this stage, uh, you know, the lights are on, uh, which is, you know, a little different. The scoreboard's on, all the signage is lit up, uh, and you're doing it for the first time. And any time you do something for the first time, I think there's an anxiety that goes along with it. But walking into, I've, I've walked into a lot of empty arenas, and some of them I coached in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would imagine there's extra anxiety, given that you're in that place, but also that at you know many cases, 18 years old, you realize that you're, what you're doing could affect you know your money making opportunity. Probably not that greatly. I mean, it's not like there won't be a lot more of them to see of these guys, but it sets the baseline, I guess. Or sets now, the, well, the baseline was the Bahamas, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, like 24 teams were at the Bahamas. But that's what you buy into. I mean, what, why do you go to Kentucky? That's one of the reasons you go to Kentucky. And, you know, to, to put the kids at ease, I mean, these kids are going to be seen every which way. Uh, they're going to be seen. You don't think there's going to be as many or more people at Champions Classic. You don't think that, you know, when they play almost each and every night, I mean, you look at their schedule, they're going to have a similar audience Every game's on TV, most on national TV. Uh, so, I mean, that's the stage you're playing on. And I think it was important for the kids. Uh, I think at times they, they may, maybe look at that. That's the first or second entry. But, you know, most of these kids have been seen through USA Basketball. They've been seen through, you know, different uh, events. So they're, they're not numb to it because now the focus was just on them as they went from drill to drill. So there's some anxiety, but I think John did a nice job of putting it aside because here's the deal. The NBA is a futures market, plain and simple. That's what it is. So it depends on, and really makes no difference where they started. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns didn't start as the number one pick in the draft. It's true. Uh, Shea was the guy all year. People didn't even know who he was last year at this time. No, that's so great. it's kind of like this might be a point, and then you're going to watch guys, you know, how much is Kelton Johnson going to improve his handle, make plays for others. That's going to be over. You know, that's going to be an area where people are going to be looking for improvement. You know, uh, you know Tyler shot it and played so well in the Bahamas, didn't shoot it as well the other day. It makes no difference. I mean, tell you what, a bunch of those people in there early watching who came in early, watching how guys approached their preparation uh, for the practice, and that's as important as anything. So who came in early and who was who was really dialed into their preparation? Who who did who jumped yeah, out? Yeah, I mean like well, hero hero Kelvin Johnson are always uh, and Quade are usually the four first guys in the gym. I mean they were in the Bahamas, they were the other day. Um, 
but, you know, the, the peer pressure that they have, they all were locked in. Uh, they were all focused. They were all, uh, you know, kind of their approach was supportive, competitive, but uh, in a good place. But, I mean, uh, you know, like Hero put on, before they started, Hero put on a shooting exhibition. He's shooting right in front of the, the Spurs and just shooting. I mean, he, he didn't realize it until those guys started counting. Yeah, he must have made 20 straight threes. You said he didn't shoot I mean, it that well. Is that once the official well thing began? He didn't get a lot of shots up when they went five on five. But, uh, he look, he's a good basketball player. Don't put him in a small box. He's not a jump, just a jump shooter. He's got a little swag to him. Uh, he, he's a player. Uh, you know, Ash and Hagens came in with a great mindset. Emmanuel was, was terrific. Uh, I think Reed came in early and worked. You know, he, he has a little routine he goes through. You guys will see it a lot when you're covering them. But uh, I think he was, when he first walked in, you know, you got to understand where Reed, Reed comes from. Now, he, he's an, it's an adult. You guys are going to love covering him. It's just it's amazing. But, you know, last year, the second semester, he was worried about getting his projects done so he could graduate. <laughs> right. It wasn't like he was running to the gym and working out all the time. And... There's only one gym, Maples Pavilion, where they have men's basketball, women's basketball, men's volleyball, women's volleyball. It's like you know, he told me yesterday. There were times I walk into the gym. He said I couldn't get I couldn't get in the gym. Oh, wow. So now Imagine all of a sudden, now everything that he's experiencing is new. You know, the Bahamas I think was almost in a lot of ways not overwhelming, but eye opening. You know, he's got those bright eyes. I say he looks like. Uh, he looks like Judge from the Yankees, but uh, but he's got you know he's kind of wide eyed, uh, but you know he's in great shape. But this is an all new. He's a freshman, even though he's a fifth year senior, because the, the he's a freshman when it comes to what Kentucky basketball is all about. Two guys I'm kind of curious about. We didn't get to see much in the Bahamas. Was uh, Jamal Baker and EJ Montgomery. Did anything? I, I think Baker's kind of measurables were eye-opening to some people. Most people considered him just a jump shooter and not a great athlete, but he put up some of the better numbers in the jumping drills and agility drills. What did you see from those guys? Yeah, I'll throw EJ looked really good. He, he has a very good feel for the game. He runs with Chayshon Prince a little bit, actually, more than Anthony Davis. Uh, caught it in the post once, felt pressure, pitched it out opposite seamlessly. Uh, made some shots, spaces out, puts it on the floor, contested shots at the rim. Uh, got to compete a little harder on the, def- on, on the glass. You got to be just a little more assertive on the glass, as you know. If he doesn't do that, he will be. Uh, he'll hear it from Cal for sure. Um, but uh, but he he's really a, a skilled, talented, uh, versatile player. And uh, Jarrell, he, he didn't he didn't do a lot in the scrimmages, and again he's been hurt, you know, basically for two years, and it is going to take a while for him to, you know, really get into the flow of what they're doing, and uh, I'd say he's probably the furthest behind of any of the guys, and he's behind good players, which makes it harder. How much did you kind of interact with the the scouts? You know, during oh, those are all after. my guys. I mean, okay, you know, you know, I just talked to them, but I don't, I don't, you know. Here's the deal, and this is one thing I, I, I don't do, uh, and I really don't like, you know, I, I don't project starting lineups, and uh, you know, I think they were, they were all impressed, you know, with different guys, and you know, they're not running around. Saying, oh yeah, we're gonna take him in right. a lottery or right. this or that. But was there anybody that uh, was that created a buzz? Any anybody in the, specifically that really kind of had people 
humming, though? No, I don't think so. I just think they were impressed with the old. You walk in the gym, you, you, you're impressed with their, the competitive spirit. You really are. You're impressed with, you know, how uh, they're an easy team to coach. They really are. You never coach an effort with them, uh, which is really important. And, you know, they, they, they come without an attitude. They almost come with a little bit of a chip. I think, that, you know, they're hearing all the stuff about some of the other teams, some of the other, you know, marquee players and this and that. And I think they have a little bit collectively of a chip, kind of a little bit like Carl had, you know, when people were talking about Okafer. That, I've got a piece coming out, I guess. As most people listen to this, it'll be tomorrow. So tomorrow on, on, uh, on Wednesday, kind of about that, their mentality and how they got it. And in a large part, it's because Cal recruited it. He went and looked for the kind of players that, you know, I asked every guy, you know, what did Cal say to seal the deal? And they all said some version of, he didn't BS me. He told me no matter how highly I'm ranked, I'm, I'm going to have to like fight for every minute that I get on the floor. And he's got this group of guys that all seem to have that, um, that mentality. I, I can, I would, I contend that because he finally has a whole team of guys who have, or seem to be self starters in that way. Uh, it's the reason he seems very, very, very happy right now. He seems it's uh, early, unusually happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, this team reminds me of his UBass teams. You guys aren't old enough to remember really understand <laughs> those teams, but those teams had a hard outer shell. Uh, it felt like they had something to prove, and uh, yeah, he's enjoying going to the gym with these guys. Uh, he really is, and he's also enjoying trying to figure out. I mean, they got a lot of questions. You know, who is who is that guy at the end of a game? You know, I mean, it, t- it took them the four game losing streak to figure out. You know, it was Knox and you know put the ball in Shea's hands and play Cade off the off the ball because the one thing about John is he doesn't predetermine what he's going to do with his team. He's got a couple things he's going to do no matter what every year, but he you know where does a guy want to catch the ball? Where does a guy? You know, best. What's his best block? Well, you know, what angle does a guy want to come off a ball screen? Uh, what actions do we need to run to get these three players involved in the game and a, and a shooter away? What you know, whatever it is, uh, he doesn't make. He's not quick to jump and make judgment on how exactly his team's going to play offensively. Is that how? Uh, is that adaptability not being married to a system? You know, the, uh, you're going to play my way, this way, no matter who's here. The reason he's able to survive in a world where he's re- rebuilding his roster every se- single season, yeah, because you, you, you're you're putting guys in, in com- eventually you put them in a comfort zone. You're putting them where they're playing to their strengths, so that therefore they're more comfortable and more reactive, uh, and not thinking as much. I think that's the first thing, and then you know it takes a while. I mean, no matter what, this team's a little bit different to teach guys how to play hard. One of the most encouraging thing to me, things to me was in the Bahamas when they played really well against that uh, mega basket team, uh, mega ball team, whatever it was. <laughs> mega, uh, they, they were, the that me- was a good team. <laughs> mega uh, millions. <laughs> what were they? No, I said the mega millions. Yeah, they, they, but and seeing how they would come out in the second half. Right. You know, because it's one that's playing well, but how, can, how long can you maintain? You know, how, how consistent can you be in your effort? And, and they showed a, a nice maturity there. The other thing is... You know, they didn't shoot it well the first night, and half of those kids were in the gym at midnight after that game, and uh, they shot it well the rest of the time. So this team has a, has a nice DNA to it. Now the question will be, you know, who is the guy at the end of the game? What's, you know, what is his, you know, is, can he, he can play small, he can play big. I mean, they can play B.J. at the three and, and, and two bigs. He also can play, you know, 
he could end up he could play Higgins and quickly and and Quade and, and PJ at the four or Tyler or Tyler at the backcourt. I mean, he's got legitimate versatility. And then you know, is he going to play? You know, Reed and, and Nick together. Well, if he does that, then PJ is going to have to slide to some three, which means, you know, what is he going to do at the two guard position? Because Tyler here is going to have to be on the court because he he's a shot making dude. Yeah, they, and that's something that I think, and there have been a a decent number of Cal Perry's teams that they were a little bit short on shot makers, and it seems like they're going to be okay there this year. We're going to hear from Seth breaking down some big guys in just a second. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Sometimes you're in a bad spot. You're away from your TV. No fear if you have Sling TV. Also, if you have regular cable, you're probably paying for a bunch of channels you never even use. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. $30 a month can get you ESPN, Pac-12, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen or all your other favorite devices, including your phone or your computer. Sling TV gives you live TV you love only better. No useless channels, no long-term contract, no hidden fees, and here's the biggest one, you can cancel at any time. And right now, we got a special deal going for you Locked On listeners. You get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. Go there, check it out for seven days, and if you like it, just keep it. Go to sling.com slash locked on and check out that free seven-day trial period. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. You mentioned PJ uh, and you mentioned Nick. They're coming from two different places, but do they both look significantly different to you? Uh, Nick looked obviously much, much different confidence-wise in the Bahamas, and and PJ, I thought, even uh, looked like he'd made some real progress as well. Yeah, I think that for PJ's body looks great. Great. I mean, he's tight and trimmed down and quicker, and, uh, you know, he didn't shoot great the other day, but he shot very well in the Bahamas. Uh, you know, I say and people lose their mind, and they don't understand where I'm coming from, but, you know, I, I trust my eyes better than most. Uh, he, he wants to be like a Draymond Green. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, got to be He doesn't goal, have the yeah. vision maybe right now, but in terms of the hybrid, undersized, attacking, tough, have an edge, get to the line, uh, you know, the things that he potentially can do, you know, that's probably his best position. There's no doubt about it. And his most transferable position. But like what, what did Cal do yesterday? He had Nick Richards, he had, he had Reed, and he had, and had P.J. guarding the ball at the point in drills. Wow. To show, you know, and one was to see, you know, he's got to decide who, how many guys he's going to switch with. Nick has improved, uh, and, you know, he finished better. He had he protected the rim. He's got to block shots. He's got to rebound. I mean that's the big thing with Nick. He's got to rebound. He can't he can't play, you know, one step off the rim. And the ball goes up. He's got to be in the air first. He's got to get to the ball. He's got to rebound with two hands. He's got to rebound the basketball. And uh, that's something that's important. But he's more comfortable shooting that little baseline uh, jumper in the dunker spot. He's got to catch and finish. Because they do, they're doing so much with paint touches off the bounce in the dunker spot. When they get in there, he can't dip the ball. He's got to catch and close off and dunk it. He's got to catch lobs. He's got to, you know, he's got to finish. I mean, if you think about the beginning of the Kansas State game, he had two opportunities and he's got to catch and finish those. Uh, he's stronger. His body has really changed. So those guys have improved. The sophomores always get better. They know where the shots are coming from. Uh, they, they know the routine. They understand Coach Cal. 
uh, and anywhere. They all South. There's a big jump. The big jump you always make because you understand that you know it's harder than it looks on TV. So where do you you you've gotten a pretty good extensive look, more extensive than most at this team now. We have a a better idea of what Kentucky is than we usually do at this time of year. In your in your uh, Seth Greenberg index, I mean, is Kentucky your preseason? They're, really good. they're one of the teams. Are, are, are the they your preseason number everyone. one? Uh, you know, they're one of the teams that you're, you're going to say, you know, like they are most years, but they're a little different this year. That are going to be in the conversation for the lead eight to final four national championship. The league is tough. The schedule is tough. You know, they're not going undefeated. They're not going 40-0. So I know now all of a sudden anyone who listens to this thing in the Big Blue Nation, I'm going to be the evil empire. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you know, it's a funny thing. Some of your boosters act, think, think that I don't like Cal. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And you guys are, are, are buds. I mean, well, I mean, you know, we, we go back a long way. I tell the truth. You know, and the truth sometimes, uh, you know, what I try to do and what I do is say what Coach is saying to his team behind closed doors. And that's why last year when, you know, before the game day game, when they you know, lost that game and, you know, I was, had an opinion. I don't have an opinion off an agenda. I have no agenda. Uh, but if I see something, I, you know, I would say the same thing that he probably said to his team in, in the locker room after the game, but it comes from a different voice. And that's why he asked me to come into the locker room after when we came for game day and speak to his team. And, uh, you know, I think the kids appreciated that I stood by, you know, tried to explain myself and, uh, I just tell the truth. Uh, you, you, you always tell the truth. You know, you're not running from anything. And I, I like his team. I like the kids. I like their attitudes. I like their work ethic. I like that they're they're coachable. Uh, I think they have a chance to be, you know, a fun team to watch grow. Have you got to see any other teams? Obviously, you've been around Kentucky a ton, but is there any been any other? Yeah, I've seen Virginia. I've seen Tennessee. I'm going to see uh, Auburn this week. I'm Carolina, Duke. Uh, What'd you see? What did you see out of Tennessee? I think they're they're really interesting. Where they got so much coming back, and now they're going to be, you know, one of the teams that is looked at to be the top of the conference. When last year they were picked at the bottom. Yeah, well, they have you know they have two physical specimens. Uh, the biggest thing they they've got to fight is that uh, they got to know who they are. What made them different last year was their physicality and their toughness and the way they defended. You know, now they've had a full year of listening to the static, uh, and you know. Grant Williams got to understand that where he's best at the elbow and on the block, and he's got to rebound a little bit better. Schofield has really improved. He showed a little bit of a middle game besides shooting it, and he's obviously rebounded it. The key to their team will be Alexander. If Alexander takes a step forward, then they're going to be better because he can block shots and rebound. He's got to finish. You know, he's, he's a little bit put him in the same category as Nick. Mm-hmm. So I mean that'll that'll be interesting, but they're gonna, they're going to be you know they're they're good they're they're tough and but they can't lose their identity and that's that's the uh, you know the important thing like Auburn could be very good but you know can, they could lose their identity like Macklemore was really good when he didn't play they were they were four and three mm-hmm. uh, well if he plays then and Wiley plays then all of a sudden playing small changes because now all of a sudden they lose that quickness to burst they're going to miss the Sean Murray uh, so I'm excited to watch them play this week. Do you like the SEC overall? Is this? Yeah, was... I think it's a nine, eight or nine team league. Wow. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's really, and and not just the league, but I think teams that you know they've got, they've got final four, lead eight teams. Is it the best? I mean, is there? A, is this the best the SEC's been in a couple years? You think it's? it's yeah, it's really. Yeah, I would say you know last year was good, and uh, you know you've you've got you got seniors. I mean, you got a lot of good seniors in this league, which you... is you know different. 
you know, Hudson of Florida, Silva. I mean, you go right right down the league, uh, Schofield. Uh, and then you got good returning, like Daniel Gafford. I mean, at Arkansas, and I don't know if their guard play is going to be good. You can't lose three guards as good as they lost, but Gafford's had a great summer. Uh, LSU has obviously had a great recruiting class, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what transpires uh, with them. Um, but the league is good. I mean, Mississippi State's have got an experienced, experienced group with Quindary Witherspoon leading the way as a senior. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun league. There aren't going to be a lot of rocking chair games in this league. <laughs> Seth, I want one last thing, and I wanted to circle back to one more Kentucky thing because you mentioned uh, being impressed with Ashton Hagen's mindset. I think at the uh, at the pro day, he's a guy that I'm very, very high on. That I feel like in a way, gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because some of the bigger names or uh, more well-known names, you know, Reed Travis, PJ, some of those guys. Hero became a, a, you know, a sensation in the Bahamas because of the way he shoots the ball. But I've been impressed with Hagens from the first time I laid eyes on him, just the way he defends. He's a well-put-together kid. He looks like a terrific athlete, but he's got kind of between the ears a mentality that's very much attacking uh, on the defensive end, and then he he seems to me to kind of let things come to him offensively. He's not trying to uh, do too much. He's trying to set up other people. Do, what have you seen in his actual game? Well, he's disruptive defensively. There's no doubt about it. Like you talk about a difference maker, a guy that can take over a game. It might be it might be Ashton on the ball getting deflections. Yeah, I mean he gets his hands on a lot of balls. He can guard the ball to point of attack. Um, and he's got a you know especially much better on the ball than off the ball. But he's really you know he's He's an alert, hard-playing kid. He shot it much better. He lowered his left hand a little bit as a guide hand, so he's shooting through his guide hand a little bit better. And he's learning how to run a team. There's a big difference of running a, a team in high school or an AU team and running you know, John's team. But his speed is good, and his attitude is phenomenal. Uh, really just a, he, he's, a, he's a really, really good kid. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much on the uh, Ashton Hagen's hype train, so... Uh, I had I had people arguing with me in the summer when I said definitively he would be their starting point guard. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know if he will. I mean, that, I mean that, who knows? Emmanuel doesn't make mistakes. Emmanuel makes more shots. Uh, Emmanuel's a good player too. Now, yeah, uh, I just but, like them together. I like him. I like them. You know, those think, two together. Where you can play Tyler Hero? Put him on the wing. Where are you going to put Calvin right, Johnson? Then, then where you going to you got a lot of dudes. <laughs> put him at the four. Playing, go small ball. You're not playing, I love you know, some, I, some dudes. I love the idea of a, of a small ball lineup. At some point, if you really just wanted to like wear a team out, uh, where you've got you know you've got uh, Hagens and quickly and uh, Hero on the perimeter, and you let Keldon Johnson be a small ball four and PJ be a small ball five, and you just run people to death. Okay, hey Reed, good to see you. Yeah, well he's in, he can be in the big lineup. Yeah, yeah. Then you bring in the, yeah, then you bring why, in the big I mean, line. It's it's not as easy as it looks. You got to figure yeah. out your team, and you know it'll be easy to second guess. But uh, you know, you know, like I like I tell people, people, you guys will get a peak of a pro day or a, a scrimmage. If you're in the gym every day, you know your team, right? And that, that that's that that's the thing. Uh, you know, people roll into a gym for one day and watch watch guys play, and and that's why I never, you know, and and if people thought I was taking a shot at John Rothstein. I love my man Rothstein, so. <laughs> it's not that. I just think that, you know, as you know, KT, I call them gurus. The gurus <laughs> roll in one day, and they, the prism that they're looking at the game through is just not what you're seeing every day as a coach. It's right. just, mm-hmm. 
And that's why I don't speculate on lineups. I, you know, I talk about what I know about the kids, but I don't speculate on lineups because I'm not with them every day. And there are so many things that impact the chemistry and, and, and the connectivity of your team. After this, we're going to hear Seth's thoughts on the basketball scandal that is unfolding in the courtroom. Big Blue Madness is this weekend, and obviously it is sold out. Sells out in minutes. But if you want tickets, there's a place you can still get some. Vivid seats. We all love a night out. Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events. You can sort by price or look for seats in sections and rows of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Seth, final one. Uh, just the stuff that you're seeing out of the the federal case, and I don't know how much you've been able to kind of follow along, but it's, it, like, a, it's like a mini series. Yeah, I mean, what are your just thoughts on that? What's going on? It's crazy to me. I mean, it's uh, you know, if, if Brown Bones worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars, what's a good dude worth? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's not that good. Uh, That's what we've been saying. I mean, uh, I've been no, trying I mean, not to sad. say it so I harshly, mean, but it's true. You, you, part of it, you got to understand all these accusations from the Dawkins guy. Now, I don't know that guy, but here's a guy that ran up Alfred Payton's you know credit card on Uber, mm-hmm. you know, rides. So, I mean, you know, his credibility is obviously going to be in question. You know, I think we spent so much time, not we, but people spent so much time saying these kids are being exploited and need to get paid. And I think what's happened is you see a lot of parents say, well, yeah, we need to get paid, and they all, they're not afraid to ask. And, you know, it creates, uh, creates uh, some issues. Um, you know, everyone wants to make the AU. You know, everyone wants to make the AU guys the evil empire. It, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll just say this, that uh, the same number of, you know, they're, they're good and bad in every walk of life. Mm-hmm. And this is not just a basketball issue because if you don't think the same thing's going on in football when guys are sophomores and juniors, you're crazy. Yeah. Yep. But it's uh, it's you know it's eye opening to me uh, for sure. And I've been this a long time. Just the amount of monies that are people are talking about hundred like hundred fifty thousand dollars is two you know is is two and a quarter you know before taxes. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I you know I mean. And then it hurts me. There are good people that make bad decisions, and then I know Jimmy Gatto personally, and he's not. A, he's he's a stand up. He's a great dude. And uh, but you know, if, if Adidas is doing it, there's a good chance that it, you know they're not alone. Let's put it that way. And uh, it's a cost of doing business. I don't think it's a federal crime what they were doing. Just that, you know, I think it's an NCAA violation, but. Yeah, those type of NCAA violations have been going on for a long time. Whether it was in a paper bag, a car, or a refrigerator, or whatever else. <laughs> yeah, trying to figure trying to figure out how this is how how this rises to the level of drawing the FBI's attention is a little odd. How about the amount of money is being right. spent? Right, I mean, taxpayer dollars on the first trial. There's two right. others. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. I mean, we have it, issues in this country. Yeah, a lot more important than this. And, and the other thing is, I get a kick out of, we talk about, we, we kill the shoe companies. Dan Sidobley kills the shoe companies, and 
and uh, you know, well, we need you know, but yet they just had a camp with eighty-eight of the top players uh, for USA Basketball. What was it sponsored by? Was it Under Armour uh, or Nike? Company? <laughs> Nike. It was sponsored by the NBA, the NBA Players Association, which is basically agents. Right. USA Basketball and Nike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So their money's fine. They, like the yeah. schools, the universities, the the money that they're given, you know, the schools, the NCAA doesn't mind all that money the shoe companies are giving to schools, but you know, it, it's it's a very fine line. It's it, it it's it's hard because uh, you know a lot of guys' lives are being impacted. And I don't. I'm not an attorney, and you guys are a whole lot smarter than me. Uh, Obviously, but but <laughs> yeah, you know, to me, when you build a case, you do your opening statement, then you build to a crescendo. So the stuff that's going right now is basically hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> that's crazy to think about that. There's something bigger. Uh, but you, you build to a crescendo, then you give your closing statements. I mean, isn't that the kind of way? Yeah, yeah. If and if that's the case, if this is only getting more salacious from here, uh, I can't imagine what we have in store for us. But I, I think it's going to get uglier before it gets better. That's for sure. Yeah, Seth. Thank you so much for your time, your insights. Always, we go back a long way, as people who've listened to our, our various podcasts over over the years have uh, know. But uh, I always appreciate you. Hey, hey, Seth. Real quick, how little about basketball did Kyle Tucker know before you got a hold of him? I was so long ago, I can't think about that. I can't <laughs> think that far back. He just knows that I was there to get the free food when he was doing his chalk talks on the uh, in the student cafeteria at Virginia Tech. So I show up for the Chalk food. talks are big. I, every guy should do them, I'm just telling you. Yeah, John Calipari. Cal should get in there in the student uh, union. Uh, that that, that, <laughs> Calvin, I mean, He'd never a, get out alive. I told He'd my get man Kermit Davis, he's got to start doing it. I think it's good advice. Seth, you're a good man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Be good. Thanks to Seth Greenberg for joining the podcast. Thanks to you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Be sure to be following at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H for all his athletic coverage. He's not athletic. The website's named The Athletic. If you want to do us a big favor, shoot us a rating on your podcast player of choice and then leave us a review. Those really help in the rankings and those things. Love all the support so far, and I love what is going on in the comments section. It's been really fun over the past couple weeks. If you're interested in advertising, be sure to shoot us an email at LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. we got a couple more in the pipeline. Loves the support so far from everybody who's jumping on board on the podcast. And if you're a business owner or have access to the advertising ear of your company and would love to spread the word of your products and services to the Big Blue Nation, it's a great place to get that word out there. Also, be sure to be following at LockedOnUK on Twitter and find LockedOnKentucky on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon.